hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So we are continuing our series called The Invitation to the Jesus Life. And if there is, there is one thing that, that, you, that, that I would love for you to get out of, of this, this series, it, it's the reminder that just accepting Jesus Christ as our Savior is only the beginning. That, that's the starting point. And we, as followers of Jesus Christ, we are not just to stay there. We, we are to continue to, to grow in our faith and, and live a life that is a devoted life of a follower of, of Jesus Christ, doing what, what he has done. And hopefully over the past three weeks, you've been able to see ways that, that Christ lived his life and, and he invites us to live as well, making sure we take time to listen, make sure that we are full of compassion. And today we are going to talk about Jesus being tough but tender. So as we begin and prepare to hear God's word, I invite you to go to God in prayer with me. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you that you are perfect in every way. That, that when we take the opportunity to gaze our, our eyes upon you, we see that nature of you. We see how you lived your life here on earth as an example for us. And not just an example that, that, that we are to point at and say, wow, look, look at what Jesus did, but, but how you have called each and every one of us to follow you, to follow in that example, and to do the things that you have done. So God, as we prepare to hear this message, and as we prepare to, to, to dig into your scripture, we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So our scripture is one of those scriptures that I, I think we have fun listening to and, and reading and uh, it's, from, it's written in all, this account is written in all four of the Gospels, but we're going to focus on the Gospel of Matthew's account, chapter 21, verses 12 through 17. I invite you to follow along in your Bibles, or if you would like to follow along on the screen, you could do that. So hear the word of the Lord. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, 
but you are making it a den of robbers. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. But when the chief priest and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did there, and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying, they asked him? Yes, replied Jesus. Have you not read from the lips of children and infants, you, Lord, have called forth your praise? And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany, where he spent the night. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. What a passage. There, there, there's so much that, it, that is happening in that passage. But, but I think the thing that we, we mostly focus on and we place our attention on is what happens there at the very beginning of the passage. It, it leads to stuff like uh, the, this meme that you may have seen on, on, uh, on the Internet. It's a Jesus and, uh, going through the temple, and it says, If anyone ever asked you, what would Jesus do? Remind him that flipping over tables and chasing people with a whip is within the realm of possibilities. Yeah, we, 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 we like to do that. We, li- we like that phrase because it, it helps kind of key in on the anger maybe that, that we have. Or, or Rich Mullins, who was a, a contemporary Christian singer in one of his uh, concerts, he, uh, he made this comment. He said, I know vengeance is mine, says the Lord, but I just want to be about the Lord's business. I just want to be about the Lord's business. If if, if it's about being angry and it's about trying to make sure that my way gets portrayed and your way doesn't. I think we want to portray Jesus as angry because it gives us an excuse for our anger. It gives us an opportunity to say, well, since, since Jesus was angry, that, that, then I can be angry. But, but really, was Jesus angry? Jan Johnson, she wrote, Jesus' anger is very different from ours. Jesus' attitude Demeanor and behavior resulted in people being healed and appraising God. Now, if I look back on my life, every single time that I got angry, did that result in somebody being healed? Did that result in people praising God? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. So, so, so what is this angry thing, or, or, or what is this, this toughness that we, we have this uh, opinion of who Jesus is, and how do we rationalize that in our lives? As I mentioned, this passage is one of the few that is written in every single one of the Gospels, and, and they give us a, a different image and a different take of, of, of what is happening here in the temple. If we look at the Gospel of Luke, it tells us that he drove out those who were selling. You know, just get out, basically. If we look at the Gospel of Mark, it tells us that he drove them out and he turned over tables. So just a, a little bit more of an escalation of things. The Gospel of John tells us that he actually made a whip and drove out the animals and scattered the money. 
Besides having angry Pharisees and money changers, Matthew gives us a good picture of, of what was really happening on that day when Jesus decided to move through the money changers and, and through the temple. Matthew tells us that, that right following the cleansing of the temple, the blind and the lame came to be healed. And the little children shouted in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David. See, for me, that this isn't an image of, of an angry Jesus. This is a picture of those being drawn to Jesus. This is a picture of those that were desiring wholeness. Those who, who wanted companionship a, a, and the indignant nature of the Pharisees and, and the tax and the money changers were turning the people off, but the loving and compassionate and caring person of Jesus Christ was drawing people to him. And I think this is a lesson that the church really needs to listen to. I said the only people that were upset in the story were the teachers of the law and, and those that, that, that Jesus upset because they were doing things that, that weren't upon the nature of what was supposed to be happening inside the temple. Like Jesus we as a church should use our opportunities not to fight any war that is out there to fight, but to provide opportunity for those for healing, for wholeness and companionship. And the invitation, and the only way that, that we can do that is to follow what it was that Jesus was doing. First and foremost, Jesus had a, a very focused heart. It was a heart that, that knew what his mission was, and he was not going to do anything that wasn't going to fulfill that mission. My friends, we fight so many battles in this world that has absolutely nothing to do with the mission that, that Christ has given us. And I think sometimes we think as the church that, that we must do anything and everything we can to protect the church. But I got words for you, my friends. The church has been around for 2,000 years. And the church will be here until Christ returns. No matter what humankind will do to the church. No matter what we say, no matter, no matter how we act, the church will survive. And it won't survive because of us. The church will survive because of who Jesus is. When we talk about having a, a focused life, it, it, it's all a focused heart, it's all about wanting what is the best for the people that we are angry with. It, it, it stops us from looking about how is it that I can get my way or how is it that I can make sure that I'm extremely comfortable. 
but it's about how can we provide what is best for those who need to hear the life-changing message of who Jesus Christ is. People cannot hear about who Christ is through anger. People cannot hear who Christ is as we, we yell at people. That's one mission trip. Uh, we were taking youth down to uh, San Antonio, Texas, and we, uh, we took them to the Alamo. And, and standing right outside of the Alamo, there was one of those street preachers. And he was just yelling and screaming and talking about damnation and hell and, and all of these type of things. And, and while it's important for us to make sure we know about hell and know about what it means to be fully separated from God and how our sin does that, it just turns people off. It turns people off because when Jesus cleared the temple, it allowed an opportunity for, for his focused nature to be there for those who needed healing. And my friends, we need to focus our hearts uh, on the mission that, that God has given us to what? to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. And, and when we get off mission, when, when we get unfocused, and when we allow things to build up inside of us, and we just spew anger, hate, then we miss the mark. The next thing that Jesus had that, that we need to really think about is we need to have a clean heart, a heart that refuses to be bitter or mean or defensive. Will there be things that people say that will, that will make us mad? Yes. Will there be things that are said that we will absolutely 100% disagree with? Absolutely. But see, when we as a church stop and listen and, and we realize that, that our clean hearts are, are helping us to actually hear what is going on in the lives of those around us, then we can actually stop and listen and be there for those who are in need. And that leads to having a heart full of peace. Praying, praying shalom. Praying peace on that person and mourn the harm that that, that person is doing to themselves. We need to practice the peace that comes from our Savior, Jesus Christ. Realizing that, that when we explode, when, when we become angry, it's not being tough. It's being uncontrolled. It's being in a way that, that not only does damage to those around us, but really it does damage to us inside. It's not allowing that, that, that peace to guide us and to lead us. When we take the opportunity to avoid anger, to, to live a life with a focus and a clean and a heart full of peace, 
It allows us to say, God, I need you in my life. I need you to help me. I'm not trying to be my own shepherd. I need you to shepherd me and meet me in my needs. My friends, when when we do that, we do more than, than just offer a alternative to to what is happening in the world around us we take the opportunity to embody what it means to have a focused clean and a heart full of peace to the world around us because when we do that then people will see christ in us will they follow I don't know. But that's not up to us. That's not up to us. David prayed, created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit in me. My hope and prayer is that as we continue to figure out what it means to to, to live in this invitation, that we pray that prayer too. We, we allow that to be what guides us and leads us. And whatever shakes in the world around us, we don't ignore it. We don't, we don't say that it doesn't exist, but we embody the presence of Jesus Christ in this world so that people may turn and follow him. So as we've been doing during the series, there are some spiritual practices for you to to take a look at and and to practice, and I hope that you do this. And I wanted to kind of talk about one of them, because it's one that really stuck with me as I was preparing for the sermon, and it's taking a look at one particular verse in Psalm 23. Psalm 23, which is one of those psalms that that I think most of us know. Most of us may even have it memorized. But verse 5, it's there and it reminds us that God prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God anoints my head with oil, my cup runneth over. And in this practice, what does it mean to, to have a table set before you and you look and your enemy is there in front of you? Take the opportunity to notice how, how God continues to fill your cup. Even in the midst of the turmoil and the trial that you're in, God continues to pour into you. And it's a reminder that God will never leave you, but will always make sure that your needs are met to overflowing. I invite you to to take the opportunity to really meditate on that this week and and to see how confession, reconciliation, and silence and solitude can help you kind of take those moments where where you are on edge and, and, and place those aside so that the love and grace of Jesus Christ may fill your hearts and give you a focused a clean, and a heart full of peace. Let us pray. Oh God, we thank you.
we thank you that we have passages like this that helps us to see that, that you are looking for ways to, to give us the healing and wholeness we need. Help us to see that, that the indignant people are those who think they know better. The indignant people are those that are, are not wanting to stop and listen. The indignant people are those who refuse to accept who you are and honestly whose they are. So Lord, as we move through this week, with all of the trials, with all of the difficulties, help us to be tough. But God, help us to be tender, to offer the love and grace of Jesus Christ to a broken and hurting world around us. And so God, we pray this in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.